Howdy, friends. This week's episode of Retro Groove was recorded before we all learned of the heartbreaking news of the passing of Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac. Just an endlessly talented musician and songwriter. Uh, Our hearts go out to her loved ones, and we say rest in peace to you, Christine. Uh, Your music and your legacy lives on forever. Thank you. Welcome to Retro Groove. Enjoy your voyage. Voyage. Welcome to Retro Groove. I'm Adam. And I'm Liam. And this is a podcast where we talk about music that stands the test of time. Welcome to episode 10 of our second season of Retro Groove. Happy to have you here. Uh, We're coming off of Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, This will actually go live on December 2nd as we come into the holiday season. Really excited. One of my favorite times of the year. Uh, Liam, are you sick of the Christmas music yet or what's going on? (laughs) No, I mean, I balance it out. I feel like, uh, I definitely threw on the, uh, Charlie Brown, Vince Guaraldi LP. We were decorating the tree the other day and that like, that just has to go on. Um, so yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah, I go in and out of different phases. Um, we might, I don't know, we might have like a, a little Christmas music episode, maybe we'll we'll sure. we'll figure out how that's going to work for us. But um, one of the staples is that Ella Fitzgerald and uh, Louis Armstrong collection yeah. that's full of classics. Um, despite the controversy surrounding uh, one of the staples in the Louis Armstrong uh, Christmas collection, there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, that and I think I've mentioned this before, but the the Amy Grant. Christmas album since it's just like something that my mom always played every single year, multiple times when I was a kid. So it's just inside of me as, as a part of the Christmas season. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Um, just small, quiet. Um, I'll say, I know we just came off the Bob James episode. Um, so my brother-in-law was in town and he, uh, cued me in that he had set up uh, his Paramount Plus subscription on our TV. It's one of the streaming services that I don't yeah. have. Um, and I was just like clicking through that um, the day after Thanksgiving, and I found that a good chunk, not all, but a good chunk of Taxi was on Paramount oh, nice. Plus. And I, we just, we watched a lot of Taxi. Like, I was just like, <laughs> this is so fitting that That's I just great. like... We just did a whole Bob James conversation, and I'm just sitting there laughing to Christopher Lloyd and Andy Kaufman with my father-in-law and my family, and oh yeah, my and that gosh. was it was super fun. 
That um, might actually get me to try out Paramount Plus. That's the right? only thing that I'm like, oh, maybe I should check out Paramount. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's how not many all streaming the episodes, services though. do you need? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. Like, I actually legitimately still have the whole series on DVD. Oh, there which you go. I'm, I'm kind of glad about because I looked around and I couldn't find the entire like five season run anywhere um so paramount plus is the best option right now but such a good show um and i also so i just i ran out i've been in a weird spot lately where i was like i think i'm becoming a nick cave fan which okay uh, would make most people nervous i think but i'm also (laughs) like tangentially in a Stevie Wonder place simultaneously. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, I I'm like I'm I'm up and down. I'm all over the place. It's the holidays. <laughs> I feel like that's a thing. Like sometimes you're you're beaming and sometimes you're getting real deep, you know, deep yeah. in your head. Yeah. So Definitely. It happens. Highs that and lows, way. but but solid solid songwriters in either space. For sure. Yeah. How about you? Had a great Thanksgiving. It was very low key. Spent a lot of time during the week. Uh, with my kids doing fun stuff, Christmas shopping, all that, uh, you know, good stuff. I try to get a lot of that, you know, out of the way before the day after Thanksgiving. That's not a fun, you know, that's not a fun time to, to get out and and do anything. So had a, had a, uh, fun, busy, you know, um, going out and getting Christmas shopping done earlier in the week. And then the later part of the week was, was a lot more chill, uh, I, on Thanksgiving day, um, it was, uh, my kids mom's turn to have them for Thanksgiving. So they were over there and this was kind of going to be the first Thanksgiving where I was like, I didn't have anywhere to go. I I normally would have gone over to Dan's, uh, Dan's wife, unfortunately was sick. So they weren't having anybody over. So I was just like, Mm. Oh dang, am I going to spend Thanksgiving by myself? Which it like, it wasn't like, I wasn't like sad about it. It was just kind of weird. Um, but then, uh, my friend Max, who's probably just my, my best friend outside of my like blood family, um, found out that I was going to, he was like, Hey, let's after like dinner and everything, what we want to go out and get a drink or something. I haven't seen him in a while. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you know, you know, the, the kids are with their mom today. So anytime is fine just to kind of in passing. And he was like, what? He called me immediately. He was like, you're coming over, right? Like you're coming here. And, and he's a hundred percent Mexican and like with nice. the big family and everything. So yeah. he was like, you're coming, you're coming here. So I was like, uh, oh, okay. And I kind of already mentally prepared to like spend the evening by myself and, and just chill. I'll maybe stream something. Um, but he was, he insisted that I head down there and I had never been to like a full blown Mexican Thanksgiving <laughs> before. Ooh, sounds <laughs> I, like fun. It Oh, I've never had so much fun at, <laughs> at Thanksgiving. Four generations uh, of family. Uh, I was the only like non-family member there, but they all right. just like welcomed me. Like people like got up and like, here, have a seat. And like, let me get you a plate. And, like you got to try wow. this. Like people I had never, like I had met a bunch of his family before, but people that I never met were just like welcoming me and uh, were really cool. There were shots of mezcal. Um, <laughs> it was it was pretty amazing. Um, and I was just really grateful for that. So it was really cool. It was a really cool time. What's the best thing you um, ate there? Man, his, so his mom made this chicken mole 
And I haven't had mole since like I lived in El Paso 20 years ago. And like you n- no, like <laughs> you, you have, if you haven't had mole made by a, like someone born in Mexico, yeah. right. It was incredible. Like, yeah, they had turkey and all the normal like Thanksgiving fare, but yeah, there were there was there was some other things, and the, awesome. the chicken mole was just like mind blowing. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a good day, and then uh, rest of the weekend was real chill with my kids, just hanging out and having fun. Um, did some online shopping. Uh, didn't really do too much going out of the house until it's streaming Sunday. Yeah. After I got back from uh, doing Thanksgiving, we played some retro games. It was fun. Um, I'm getting a little bit more like I kind of go back and forth in, in waves just cause there were so many new games coming out. I played a bunch of new games the past few months, but now I'm kind of swinging back the other way, mm-hmm. playing a lot more retro games. So it's a good time. We have nice. fun. And you didn't do any black Friday stuff right like music nah. stuff I, there wasn't much for black friday record store day that i cared about so i kind of no. skipped it this year i've never um, been super yeah. into record store day stuff anyway yeah um if if something comes out that i want i'll i'll try to get it i'm not gonna especially on black friday like the scalping I'm, and yeah. i'm more down with the other record store day mm-hmm. stuff but yeah black friday is just no i'm not, I'm not going anywhere <laughs> we're staying yeah. home and like nursing tummy aches on friday we're not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going anywhere yeah um uh i did get a guitar Ooh, um, right. i have not owned my, i've been a guitar player for 25 years mm-hmm. um that doesn't mean i'm as good as a 25 year guitar player probably should be <laughs> it doesn't mean i've been studying religiously and judicious or you know uh studiously 10,000 hours yeah for exactly no 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 uh but you know i'd been without one for like 7 years wow and completely yeah, been, like don't been, didn't have one at all no, not one that belonged to me. I would like, you know, borrow one here wow. and there. Like I would borrow one of Dan's or, or yeah. some another family member. And ultimately they're like, hey, can I have my guitar back? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right. It was t- like something came across my path and it was time. So uh, I was able to get myself a little early Christmas present that. Good. Yeah, it was it was um, it was this almost a spiritual experience for me. <laughs> so yeah, it's always amazing to get a new instrument. That's like your instrument and, uh, go through the process of like getting to know the instrument, feeling the ins and outs and, and, you know, finding out what her name is and stuff like that. Yeah. Bonding. So exactly. Yeah. There's was, real, was th- awesome. that goes on. Like you have an extension of you that, you know, can exist in that form. I've yeah. had, periods of that time too especially like from college into my first apartment or whatever where like i had an acoustic guitar that i kind of dragged along that was my dad's and like i gave it back to him and i didn't really have anything kicking around Mm -hmm. and that first time that you like sink down the money to have your own guitar Mm -hmm. like again at least is like there's a commitment to it but it also just feels like there's a permanence to this expressive side of you right that's oh yeah i don't yeah. sell instruments like yeah. <laughs> not like that yeah, yeah. i don't yeah. sell guitars yeah um, so that's cool that's that's exciting man that yeah i can only imagine what that feels like to like have that back and yeah and you've messed with it a little bit 
Oh yeah, I've been playing it quite a bit, and um, you know that that type. So it's a it's a Telecaster Deluxe, which after so many years of playing different you know guitars of different makes and models, and you know I had I had veered towards the Telecaster route very early. Yeah. And uh, at some point discovered the Deluxe, which is, you know, the double humbucker designed in the early 70s to kind of more or less compete with the Les Paul. Um, definitely can create some heavier, darker tones, but still kind of get that higher end. Um, you know, it doesn't really have the twang of a traditional Telecaster, okay. which is kind of seen a little bit more like a country guitar or can be. Yeah. But this one is definitely a lot you know, more darker in tone. Uh, it, it's still like, it still slaps and spanks like a, like a fender, mm-hmm. but it's, it's definitely darker and more like growly. Mm-hmm. Um, they voiced these pickups to sound like the early seventies guitar pickups would sound. Um, so it's, it's really right up my alley and it's kind of perfect for me. So I'm really happy about it. And it's a used guitar, right? Um, no, it's actually new. It's oh, it's and, new. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So it uh it it just was the right thing at the right time with the right Killer. kind of, you know, holiday discount. Yeah, treat um, yourself. You got to treat yourself, but for me it was it was kind of more part of a journey of finding myself again, you know what Good. I mean? It sounds yeah. so silly and cliché or whatever, no, no, but No, 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 no. Yeah, it's part it's part of it's a huge part of who I am. So getting back to that, you know, it's been really, um, I kind of lack the words to describe. It's just been really amazing. It's been wonderful. And, uh, I'm glad to finally have that part of me back really, honestly. So maybe you'll get some new music from me in the, (laughs) in the future. Haven't put out any like music in about nine years. So that might be fun some new jams on the podcast yeah. too yeah custom adam jams all right maybe cool. you get a new theme song or, or at least right. maybe like an updated version of the theme song an like it's that's still the yeah. theme. you know yeah. that when you see like you have a sitcom and like yeah. after the first season or two you're like oh, oh yeah. they they jammed up the it's the same song but they like jazzed it up or something <laughs> well you spookied it up for halloween this year yeah, it was the same. Yeah. I just I just added sound effects and and yeah. added a little organ on top of it. Yeah. But maybe yeah. I could re-record it and just make it new and improved. That might be yeah, fun. Get funky. Okay, cool. Maybe it could be. Um. So today, yeah, we are uh, two white guys <laughs> who are going to be talking about some ladies. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so we'll put yep. that out there up top that we are two dudes talking about a bunch of ladies. Um, we're going to be celebrating uh, some incredible uh, women in uh, in music history. Uh, some of the most impactful. We want to call them front women. We want to call them leading ladies. What do, how do you want to? What do you think? Front women of rock. I think front just kind of, of to me to me kind of kind of rolls off the tongue. Okay. Um, but you could call it whatever you want. You, we, it's really just celebrating because um, you see it a lot in rock and roll where it's like it's it's just it's beyond a cliche at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have like the cocky dude lead singer and right. like the female bass player. You know what I mean? Right. It's like 
it's that's like we we were joking about it it recently in our uh, I think it was in the the Halloween episode where we were we were putting together our spooky bands mm-hmm. where like it's 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 always like the 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 brooding and kind of cocky male yeah. lead singer slash lead guitar player once in a while and it's it's always the female bass player and at some yeah. point the female bass player always gets replaced so it's like okay let's flip the script a little bit let's yeah. let's talk about okay there are some super talented super strong amazing front women yeah. that that lead the band that they're in with you know just an amount of a level of coolness that maybe a front man isn't capable of mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah it's a completely I'll- different vibe Right. It is. I I also think just the cultural landscape of what music was or what recorded popular music, the industry behind it, was always uh, very restrictive to women, al- albeit maybe outside of a handful yep. of like spaces. You had you had your girl groups, your doo wop groups, and 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 such, and things that were sort of more orchestrated um, right. by men, which I. I think I'm going to get into it in a little bit, but I'm sure um, it's, it's difficult to, um, to kind of find a balance here because you could also swing so far to the, to the other side. There was, um, Haim, uh, put out an album recently and it was called, I think it was women in music three. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it was almost to poke fun at this whole thing of like, Look at the women and look at them in in the music industry. Like right. at this point, it's so undeniable that you almost don't need to spotlight it as as their commentary. But I do right. think that there's value just as in any situation in kind of looking at some of the pioneers, some of the people who were able to like pr- push through. And there's countless. Uh, who were kind of just suppressed throughout the whole process, but a few who were able to kind of push through and the paradigm shift that they caused, um, the influence that they had, you know, it wasn't just woman to woman. It's it, it, these, the, some of the people that we're going to be talking about today completely changed how everybody approaches music in general, Mm -hmm. um, gender aside from all of this. But the fact that they were doing it at the time that they were as a woman and as they were perceived or valued at that time just makes it that much more incredible that that they were able to do this. There's this – I think I've talked about it before, but I still have this wonder of the – ability for anyone regardless of your creed race whatever to right. break to break through like the formula that you need of talent in writing or in at least working with talented writers as a performer as a marketer for yourself as a as having that mind of persistence and vision for your trajectory and then the luck there's the luck factor of like yeah, definitely. even getting that break I, it doesn't seem like that should ever line up like obviously the dice lands in the right spot sometimes but like 
it really doesn't seem like it should happen too often. And and I in coming up with my list and and I don't know how yours went. We obviously we do these things separately, and mm-hmm. I think this will make for we have a, a companion. Uh, playlist that I think will be pretty right. expansive ultimately for yes. this. Yeah, like we'll, sure. we'll we'll represent everybody on this thing, but um, we're going to try to come to our high five uh, kind of agreement here. Mm-hmm. But it's it's crazy to me how many names kept bubbling up. I kept thinking of these these artists, and I was like, oh my god, they're so. There's so many, and yeah, I, I have some criteria that I, that I went into on this. But I, how? What was your process like? Did you did you do some 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 digging? Did you how how did you feel when you were coming up with these names? I there there really wasn't a whole lot of digging um, for me. The only kind of difficulty that I ended up having was okay, like now the positioning, like because it was very easy to come up with, you know, off the top of my head, like seven or eight, just mm-hmm. almost, almost effortlessly. Right. So I had, I had my like f- formative list very, very quickly. Right. That wasn't a problem at all. And then the, the kind of the only difficulty that I had is, well, eventually since we're doing a top five, cause we don't necessarily want this to go for four hours. Right. We, like, we can't do a top 10. So at some point we need to cut it off. So it's like, so what I kind of tried to do then is like, okay, so who's pushing even further beyond like, so there's, there's the glass ceiling of kind of being a front woman in rock and roll in general. Mm-hmm. And then, so who's pushing boundaries kind of even beyond that? You know what I mean? So that, that helped me to push the top five and kind of narrow that down. And then the only part that ended up being a little bit difficult was like, okay, now how do I position these five in the, in the, and, and rank them? It was, that part was kind of difficult. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even have that. Like I have mine. You just have have the five. (laughs) Well, so I have, I have four that I feel strongly about and then mm-hmm. i have a bunch of five contenders i have one in my sort of five spot but i am very open to i'm mm-hmm. i mean i'm open to any of this stuff but um i i couldn't put them in an order like as i'm looking at them now i guess there's a fairly obvious one or two but my number one which again like i don't even know how best to go about this process i don't even know like i think she counts like i think it technically (laughs) fits but like we're gonna have to figure out what our criteria is here because so let's say uh beyonce right is Mm -hmm. is an obvious uh contender in a space like this not of rock so doesn't fit into this format necessarily but also like was she the front woman of Destiny's Child? Like, they were a group, you know? Like, yeah. she was the standout talent, but, like, Kelly Rowland's awesome. Like, it, it was an right. ensemble situation. So, I think that Destiny's Child and Beyonce is probably a better fit for a, say, future episode on girl groups or women yeah. ensembles or however we want to call it. Um then for something like this, I had the right. same issue with Lauren Hill, where I was like, Lauren Hill is 
like a standout, one of the most important artists, mm-hmm. especially female artists of our of our generation, at least. Yeah. But like again, not really rock, although alt hip hop, you know, like it's mm-hmm. it's alternative. But also like the Fugees were an ensemble. She was yeah. a standout talent, but Wyclef is a, and Praz, like they all pulled their weight in that band yeah, and had an identity um that was I I couldn't I couldn't wholeheartedly say that Lauren Hill was the front woman of that band. She was the female member of that right. band, you mm-hmm. know? So like I couldn't include her. I, do you agree? Like is that is that the you know Yeah, uh, there, yeah. and there were a couple that like kind of were on my initial like big just off the top of my head dump that ended up not making the cut because it's like, well, were they really the singular front woman of that group? Like, so a couple for me that were like, okay, so they were obviously in the rock space, but like, I'm really is, hoping that you say someone who's on my list right now, because that'll that just would make be things awesome. really interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so th- to go to like the most obvious, one of the most obvious answers that I don't think is going to fit the criteria is like a Stevie Nicks. Yes. Because like, okay. <laughs> like, yes. is she the front woman of Fleetwood Mac? Right. So, so, no, but. so Fleetwood Mac, Fleetwood Mac had a bunch of albums before she joined, but she joined with Lindsey Buckingham, right? Mm-hmm. And Lindsey Buckingham and and Stevie had a little ensemble and relationship before Fleetwood mm-hmm. Mac. Um, and when you listen to the the breadth of even the Fleetwood Mac hits, it's a bunch of Stevie. And it's a bunch of Lindsay, you know? Right, like, right. So she is just like in Lauren Hill with the Fugees. She is the standout woman, nothing against Christine McVie, but like she's the standout woman in most of those songs, but she's not the front woman. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I, uh, that's interesting. I was, I thought maybe we would have a disagreement on that, but I, okay, cool. Well, and then the other one uh, that was going to be pretty high on my list, but ultimately had to, uh, Nick's for the same reason. No pun intended. I just said Nick's. No, <laughs> no, fun, no, no pun I'm intended. Yeah. Um, is no, the pun. Kinney with Corinne Tucker and Carrie Brownstein. Yep. Yep. It's like there, there's like double front woman thing going on, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. And you know, pre Janet Weiss leaving the band are, they're just in among my favorite, like, I don't know what subgenre you want to put them in, but uh, I adore Slater Kinney. Yeah. So that was tough to leave out, but it was like, okay, it doesn't fit the criteria for this particular episode. We Great. want to have, you know, whatever you want to call it, a Riot Girl episode, they're number one. Like, let's, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But right now, we're, we have this criteria. It's an arbitrary criteria, but we got to make right. the episode. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's again, it's not, it's not explicitly then just us having a conversation where we're celebrating that women were successful in the music industry. Right. It's just giving a little sort of focus to uh, foster a fun conversation and a, and a debate. Um, I had that with uh, with Annie Lennox because, like, oh yeah. The Eurythmics really are a duo, and they're mm-hmm. equal parts her and Dave Stewart often, you know? So, like, 
I, I couldn't, I, like, I love Annie Lennox and I love some of her solo stuff, but like, it could not, I just couldn't, I couldn't in good faith say like that made a lot of sense. And then, and again, I, I know rock is very vague, but I'm, so I'm looking at uh, Patti LaBelle and Diana Ross and Ronnie Spector and like, all of them are the leading women of their groups. I mean, LaBelle basically t- calls the band LaBelle after a few albums, but like Nona Hendrix is very, very predominant mm-hmm. and important. Um, and so you can't take that away from her. Um, I mean, Diana Ross is almost undeniable, except that like it was an ensemble, you know, the Supremes were the Supremes and then she's the breakout star. It's the Justin Timberlake from Sync, but Justin Timberlake wasn't the front man of NSYNC as right. much as he was the most talented one. Like he was, I mean, I like Joey Fatone. He's a cool guy. Uh, but like he, 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 it was, it's a, it's a collaborative group. So. Right. And you always have that, you know, in these ensemble groups or whatever you want to call it, boy bands, girl groups, whatever, there always tends to be one, maybe two like standouts. Right. And for right. whatever reason, even yeah. if they're just happen to be the most outspoken and not necessarily the more talented, there's always just kind of the the favorites or the standouts or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, it's often a matter of gravity. I mean, a lot of times those groups are founded around a person, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of times a talent is found and they build a group around that or a partnership is formed and then they flesh out the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is bound to be like a central force in a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing that I'll say before I think maybe we start debating or discussing yeah. is – um, again, just to head off any of this is the solo artists who are performing in front of a band, you know, like yeah. Joni Mitchell, Taylor Swift, like they had bands, um, but they're, you know, it doesn't really fit what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I really like Miley Cyrus. I, I think that she's becoming this like force that we don't even know what she's capable of yet in many ways in reinventing pop music but like and she's got a killer band dude did you listen to american hi-fi back in the day at all do you remember that band they were like a pop punky band from the late 90s early 2000s i remember the band i don't remember listening to it all that much so the lead singer of american hi-fi just crazy aside um it's this guy stacy i'm blanking on his last name but he is Miley's music director and drummer and like the the sort of oh, like that's co- right. okay. collaborator on all of her vision to this day, like throughout this whole Hannah Montana till today. Uh-huh. Um, it's just one of those weird things where like I was very into American Hi-Fi in high school. I thought like I loved that album. And then I remember like seeing him playing drums and I'm like, hey, that's that's the, that guy. He's the guy from that <laughs> band. What is he doing with Miley Cyrus? So. Anyway, and aside, so yeah, nice. no, no, no solo artists here. We're not, we're not digging into Taylor or like Aretha or any of that space, right? Yeah, there's room to dig into them in a oh, lot of yeah. other yeah, we got other episodes we <laughs> yeah. can do that kind of stuff. Yeah, let's save ourselves that conversation. <laughs> um, all right, so you do have a five to one or a one to five? Yeah, and honestly, as is typical for for what we do. <clears throat> Ranking these at the top kind of ended up coming down to more like 
personal impact a little bit. Okay. okay. I tried to do less of that this time around. Same. Um, but it's, number one, it's kind of hard not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, um, it it again, I was kind of okay. Like obviously, the they're all deserving of being on this list, but like who like made the biggest like impact whether mm-hmm. it's currently or in their time or whatever yeah um break with both breaking boundaries and just like or even just raising the bar um i tried to i tried to do that more so than be like which one affected me more in a in a formative time in my life you know what i mean cuz right i just i don't know with this one i tried to break out of that not that that's necessarily taking the easy route. That's just the more personal route. I tried to be a little bit more objective with some other criteria. Okay. Um, so, you know, challenging myself a little bit to step outside the comfort zone, do a little bit more, you know, thinking and, uh, and, and also giving credit where credit is due. So that's, that's where I ended up with, with okay. making those, making those final decisions. But honestly, this is, Probably the easiest um, top five I've I've done so far. All right. Okay. So not that it was easy, easy, but it was like not as difficult as some of the other ones have been. Yeah. Um, before we jump into that, um, mm-hmm. we have a game that we want to we want to play. Right. I know that we've been talking yes. about this. Um, do we want to want to jump into that? now and 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 hit that or do we yeah wanna, i think we've set up the the episode okay. so let's okay. lighten the mood a little bit yeah um also kind of get some i don't know brain elasticity going yeah. on um well and then if you're clear saying the palette that you're, a little bit yeah if you're saying your list is easy that actually makes me a little nervous because now i'm like well <laughs> if there's dissonance here like uh we're gonna have to talk through some of this stuff. that's fine yeah. that's yeah. that's half that's the fun what's the purpose of it yeah um and then, so so we'll get into this quick game here. So Mike, the yeah. ambassador, mm-hmm. uh, shout out to him. Always always good with coming up with interesting and hilarious uh, games for us Retrologic uh, hosts to to play. Um, and this is the first time that he's given us uh, something for the, for an episode. But um, so this is a game where he's going to give us uh, a drawn out literal interpretation of a song title dear god and it's up to us to determine uh what song specifically he's talking about i wish Um, we knew what kind of music he was into i mean i'm I'm hoping that he's just gonna throw some stuff over the plate here because like there's a lot of songs dude i mean there's right (laughs) so many songs exactly (laughs) so i will i will say this like i just to kind of figure out what format because he sent them to me in a private message with them like um spoilered so they were like covered up so Mm -hmm. i i peeked at the first clue to be like okay what is this and i was like oh okay i instantly knew what it was Okay, cool. So, okay. and I don't, they, I'm sure they probably get more difficult, but, um, so obviously I'll let the first one's going to be pretty easy. This is the only one that I looked at beforehand, but it, okay. like, I instantaneously got it. Okay. Okay. So the first song is, and this is the song title specifically. All right. Scoop some cane sweetener on my being. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's, it pours some sugar on me. 
Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, that's fun. Okay. Uh, all right. So you can okay. see. Okay. So that was kind of like. Yeah. Okay. You can see. Do we see name what the band? Like, do we say that's Def Leppard? Or yeah, it's Def Leppard. Okay. okay cool. I guess we yeah. don't. We I mean, that to, one you don't really have to, but some right. it depends right. on the song, I guess. Right. Uh, okay. So the next one we're going in blind, and this song title is "Fully Conscious Through Twilight Hours." Uh, awake so, oh up all night is there a song called up all night yeah i mean there's tons of songs called up all night yeah i know <laughs> so yeah. we might not well so we got the song probably unless it's something off the wall yeah i mean okay, I, so, so uh, there's a i mean i feel like there's a is it daft punk has an has a song up all night up all night to get lucky no that's yeah that's lucky or get yeah. lucky. I so, mean, like, look, there's a Blink-182 song called Up All Night. Uh, does he give you the the answers? It, yes. Okay. Or the, the band, the name of the band is the next, like, right. hint or whatever. Yeah. Ah, it's going to be tough, man. Um, I agree. I, I mean, I, I agree that it's Up All Night. Like, I feel like... The twilight hours has got to be night fully conscious. Yeah. So what? Which up all night are we going with? Let's just go with something. <laughs> Blink one eighty two. No, I mean that's a that's a pretty deep cut. Well, I guess it was a single, but it's a single on an album people don't like. Um, <laughs> it's so yeah, that's lucky, right? That's not. Is there anything like... that we're not thinking of? I feel like was it Beck? Who else has a song called "Up All Night"? Maybe I don't know my Beck so well. I know there's a Beck song called "Up All Night." Okay, well let's go with Beck then. Well, let's just, okay, so let's give it a try. Okay. Beck up all it's Crocus. Crocus. What's the Crocus? Does Crocus have an "Up All Night"? Stayed awake all night. Yeah. Off of Headhunter. Or wait, Screaming in the Night? No, it wouldn't be Screaming in the Night. Stayed Awake All Night. It's got to be Stayed Awake All Night. Okay, that's a deep cut, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, also Crocus. Like, I don't know my Crocus. Not on my radar. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, most people aren't... Other than Ballroom Blitz, I I don't think I could name another Crocus song... (laughs) Yeah. Aside from Ballroom Blitz. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. Deep th- Thanks, Mike. Deep cut. Okay. <laughs> I look, that's how you learn about new music. I'm exactly. down for it. All right. So now we need to look into some Crocus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The next song title is Refrain from Being Socially Brutal. Don't Be Cruel. Elvis Presley. Refrain socially from brutal. Refrain from being socially brutal. How is that not don't be cruel? It could be. Yeah, I mean it's fair. It, the socially brutal, I guess, is cruel. <laughs> I don't know. Socially brutal is hanging me up a little bit. But like I feel like it's like you'd wreck a party if you're socially brutal. I don't know. Um, refrain from so stop, yeah, 
Um, stop. Stop. I can't think of anything that starts yeah. with. I think we go with don't be cruel. I think that that's a good look. Go with your gut. Usually you're on par. I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Don't Let's be cruel. Don't be Elvis, cruel. Okay. Elvis don't Presley. be cruel. Yeah. Elvis Presley. Cheap trick. Wait, hold on. Okay, hold on. Cheap trick. Uh, what cheap? I want you to want me surrender. No. So you have the song title there? No. Oh, he he said he just showed you the the band. Right. I, I you know I actually kind of like this. Like I there is a cheap trick song called "Don't Be Cruel." Oh. Off oh, so of Lap of Luxury, nineteen eighty eight. So it's is it "Don't Be Cruel" by Cheap Trick? I mean, it has to be. What else? Okay. Well, so we got the song. I'm giving us partial credit on that because <laughs> how are we supposed to know which don't be cruel? No, you know what? I'm giving us full credit for that because we got the, the exact song title. <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay. Or, is the, or is the Elvis Presley song have like a subtitle? All right. Don't be cruel was a single, it looks like. Oh, it's them. Wait, it's a cover. It's a cover of the Elvis song? Yeah, it's a cover. Okay, so we got that. (laughs) (laughs) We got that one. Very interesting. Throwing us a curveball again. Cheap trick. I like cheap (laughs) trick. I don't think I've ever heard this Elvis Presley cover. Yeah. Me either. We need hits, dude. We're not we're not experts here. <laughs> we're just a bunch of schmucks. We don't profess to be a right. Yeah. <laughs> Schmuck talk. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Okay. Affectionate feelings are en route to your destination. <laughs> Affectionate feelings are en route to your destination. I mean, it's delivery love delivery. Uh, message in a bottle? No. Uh, no. Uh, affectionate feelings. But en route, route to your direction. I got nothing. Affectionate feelings. So love, love is on the way. I don't know of any songs like that. Yeah, I don't think... I know a song called Love is on the Way. What else would be what else would be affectionate feelings? Well, I mean, we try to be a clean <laughs> podcast, so I can't really answer that question, Adam. Um, <laughs> but we could talk about that sometime. Uh I uh Yeah, I don't know. Let's so you get the band there, right? Yeah. Okay, so Saigon Kick. Hold on. Saigon Kick. Who I don't know anything. To Saigon <laughs> Kick? Not me. Yeah. I something tells me Mike really Saigon likes Kick. hard rock from the nineties. That's what it sounds 80s. like. Yeah. Okay, there so now we kind of know what wheelhouse we're in. Okay, yeah. there is a song by Saigon Kick called Love Is On the Way. Oh wow. Okay. There you go. Well, hey, you said that. So that's good. Saigon Kick. I don't know anything about Saigon Kick. Yeah, I'm going to have to educate myself on Saigon Kick. It looks like this says number 12 hit. Uh, it was their big song, so I'll give it to Mike there. Like, 
if you're going to listen or talk about something from Saigon Kick, apparently it's Love is on the Way. I bet this feels like a song, Adam, where if we heard it right now... We would recognize it instantly. Yeah, it feels like that. I think we I just... mean, it, so it's the first song that came up when I googled Saigon Kick songs. Okay. Yeah. So it's got to be, you know... Okay. The other ones I kind of had to scroll down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, I get it. Okay. I, I again... I, I know where our headspace is, I think, a little bit yes. now. It's 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 a little bit of a departure from my normal wheelhouse, but we I can mean get there. same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Um okay. The next song title is My First Contact with This Sensation. My first contact with this sensation. Pour some sugar on me, Def Leopard. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be um, far off. So I'm start okay, so I'm First initial. First time. Is there a first time? Well, but he something? wouldn't say first if it was in the title, I'm assuming, right? What else would you say? Yeah. Well, initial is a terrible song <laughs> word to rhyme with. First so. contact with this sensation. So there's no like first love uh, before. Wake me up before you go. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look up like Motley Crue hits. I don't you know, know. like I'm just gonna have to like let me pull up Motley Crue's greatest hits here because it, it's we're inevitably gonna get over there somewhere or maybe Rat. Let's pull up Rat. <laughs> <laughs> first contact with this sensate. First love. Is there? I keep my brain keeps going to like first love. This sensation. This sensation feels like this friction. feeling. First feeling. Yeah. Feeling. Yeah. More than a feeling. More than a feeling? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not no, far I feel off. Like there's a there's a better there's probably a better way to For my first contact. So there's like a there's like a ownership of this. Are we are we do we need do we need the band? I think we need the band. Yeah, I got I've got pretty much nothing. I don't know of any like first love or my first whatever, my I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Band is Foreigner. Oh, wow. Okay. I want to know what love is? No, it can't be. That doesn't really fit. No. All right. Foreigner songs. Hold on. Or no, Waiting for a Girl Like You. No. Feels like the first time. Feels like the first time. It has to be. It's got to be, yeah. Oh, it's okay. not. It's not dirty white boy. So, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's an argument for I want to know what love is, but that's it's got to be feels like the first time. Yeah. And honestly, like- in my brain, I, if you said who did who sings feel, feels like the first time, I it, in my brain it wasn't foreigner. So I don't no. know. <laughs> no, I felt like a stick song to me or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I was gonna. I know, think, uh, like Super I, Tramp or something. Oh yeah. Hot blooded, <laughs> hot blooded is foreigner. I feel like I know two foreigner songs. Yeah, it is. I should probably know. Yeah, it's always hot blooded, and I want to know what love is. Yeah, or cold as ice. <laughs> oh, cold um, as ice is them. Okay. Um, but that's another one that could you know easily be mistaken for Super Tramp. So yeah. <laughs> that must be like the late seventies foreigner. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next one. We got to get through this. No, no, notice what the domesticated links brought to our doorstep. That's got to be look what the cat, See what the cat dragged, dragged in. in. Yeah, look at the cat dragged <laughs> Who in. Who is that? Okay. 
Who's looked with look with the uh, cat? I dragon? think it's poison. Is it poison? All right. I'm pretty sure it's poison. It's poison. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, we got that one. All right, Domesticated lynx is hilarious. Domesticated lynx. All right. Nice. Good job, Mike. Good job. This is the last count back from 100. It's the final countdown. It has to be, right? I Who's hope that? So. Asia? I hope it's Europe. No, Europe. Oh, no, it's Europe. No, yeah, Europe. Yes, it's Europe. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> See, these started, these now, they got Mike, easier. Mike, you're giving again. us hits. Let's go. <laughs> of course, they we said Asia first. The great, that was we're wrong. a greatest hits podcast. Hey, at least I got a continent. Yeah. <laughs> uh,. Physically attracted to an employee of the education system. See, I knew we'd get to Motley Crue. I told you no, we'd get to Motley Crue. That's Crew. not Motley Crue. Hot for Teacher? No. Who is it? Hot for Teacher is Van Halen, my friend. Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking girls, girls, girls. <sighs> you're right. Oh. All right. Well, I'm glad I got you here. Man, okay, so we, we're on a roll now. <laughs> I don't know Not if, the, for if teachers we, Van Halen, you're right. Did these get easier or we just got better at it? No, he's giving us hits. He's giving us hits. There we go. The, yeah, there was some deep stuff. Crocus yeah. and uh, Saigon Kick. Saigon I Kick don't. Is yeah, rough, I don't dude. know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, two more. Two more. <clears throat> Skid Row. Ombre resembles a member of the feminine dude, sect. Dude looks like a lady. Aerosmith. Let's go, Mike. I it has like to be. this. Yeah, Aerosmith. Keep okay, tossing them up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. Yes, it was Aerosmith. Okay. <laughs> Ombre resembles a member of the feminine sect. Fantastic. Okay. Last one. Invitation to the Tangly Chaparral. Chaparral? What is that? I thought it was like a horse? No. Tangly. What is a chaparral? I know it's a kind of boat. Chaparral. Okay, I'm I'm going to go to my phone and I'm Googling a chaparral because I don't know what that means. C-H-A. Yeah, I, I don't know what that is. I'm going to be honest. Two R's? Chaparral. He's got it two P's and one R. Oh, two P's, one R. The boat has two R's and one P. I keep, so it's, Google is um, correcting it to one P, two R's. Mm-hmm. Chaparral is a Say bush or a tree? What, what's it again? Invitation? Chaparral is a shrubland plant community and geographical feature found primarily in the it's United an, States. It's an invitation to it? To a tangly? It's, Chaparral is a shrubland plant okay, so community. It's a bush. Right, it's a bush. So it's a... It's, a, it's an invitation. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle, yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Guns and Roses, yep. It's tangly <laughs> Well, I learned a new word today. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's very good, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's like like shrub shrubland, I guess. Saigon Kick. I know nothing about Saigon <laughs> Kick. Thank you, Mike. No, this was fun. Mike, do another do it one. Again. Yeah, do it again, but... 
uh, more rat next time. <laughs> I won't yeah. get the rat one for sure. Yeah. yeah. More, Thank you, more Mike. Rat. <laughs> okay. That was fun. That was fun. Thank you, yeah. Mike. All right. So we've had a palate cleanser, a very yes. fun palate cleanser. So yes. now, now is the, I know we mentioned it, but <clears throat> I would like to now officially plug the fact that, excuse me, that we have a, an episode companion playlist yeah. that we curate and put together. Um, we do one for both um, Apple Music and Spotify. I was doing it for YouTube, but I feel like I was, I was just putting the YouTube playlist together for Dan and nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if you listen to playlists on YouTube, let me know. We'll start doing YouTube playlists again. Um, but so what you may want to do is when you hear a song mentioned, um, you know, go and listen to that song. So occasionally what I'll do when I'm listening to the podcast is I hear a song or, or a, an album mentioned and I'll pa- pause the podcast and go listen to that. So um, since, you know, the legalities of actually playing music on the podcast are dubious at best, and we don't, we don't want to put the podcast at risk. Um, we can't play music on the podcast, um, mm. as was something that we originally kind of talked about right. and looked into the legalities of and wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but since we can't really do that, which that may change in the future if if things and licensing and something, you know, that's more uh, Liam's expertise on that that side of things. Maybe that will change eventually. But for mm. now, we can't actually play music on the podcast. So instead, we put together a companion playlist for each episode um, with music featured, talked about in the episode. So, um, you know, you can look up Retro Groove uh, on Apple Music. Uh, I share the link every time that a new episode goes live. As And there's there's Spotify as well. So there's playlists for both of those, um, streaming services. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can just, you know, use your own streaming service, whatever you have available, or if you have the albums, um, you know, we'll post the list every time we post an episode. So, yeah. uh, now's a good time to get that lined up. If you'd like to follow along with the episode companion playlist. So how we typically do the high five is we go back, Back and forth with, well, do you have a ranked top five or are you just going to be kind of going? And if not, that's fine. We don't have to necessarily start off that way. I basically do. I just, uh, my five, I feel like I'm going to go into this, like, assuming that my five is just going to be an honorable mention almost because I don't think that it'll stick. Um, The other four, I think, are are contenders. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I I got an order. Okay, cool. So yeah, so normally how we do it is um, we'll go back and forth. We'll start with our number five, each of us, and then each of us do four, three, two, and our top one. And then we will attempt to come to a consensus on a a, a retro groove top five right. based on how we hash it out. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you want to go first? Let me yeah, know I'll go what first. you That's got. Cool. Yeah. So my first is probably, uh, 
definitely. Uh, the most contemporary of all on my list. Um, I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, I see so many different um, options on where she will ultimately go. I'm excited to see mm. what happens next. Um, my number five is Brittany Howard, uh, lead singer of the Alabama Shakes. Uh-huh. Um, I think she is a grade-A badass. I think she uh, does Definitely. exactly – like she just marches to the beat of her own drum. She's got a lot to say. For sure. She doesn't play games. She – like right. the, the stories that I've heard, the interviews and such, she is unapologetically herself – Um, and, uh, she has been through a lot. She, uh, obviously takes a lot of, uh, pages out of, um, uh, a lot of like blues icons. Um, there's, Mm -hmm. there's another singer who I'm going to, I'm going to throw on the list later on that actually there's two singers, uh, that I'll probably talk about later on who I think, she has been directly uh, directly influenced by, but she does things in her own way, especially if you listen to um, her her solo album, uh, Jamie. Yes. It, it, there's so much there that's going to happen with Brittany Howard that she it's it's one of those watching it happen in progress where you can foresee her being one of these other people that we talk about on the list um, who will have influenced mm-hmm. uh, another generation with her own take on or her own interpretation of what some others did before her. Yeah. Um, but, but also uniquely her own. She, um, she can play, she can write her stage presence is fantastic. Amazing. She, she can howl. She's got grit. Um, her voice is unparalleled in my opinion. Real deal. Just, mm-hmm. but there's an authenticity there that's going to again run through this whole list. But yeah. like, of the criteria here, there is there is this authenticity to her where it's like you can get on or you can get off. She doesn't care, but she's right. putting this out. <laughs> yeah, uh, go listen to Goathead. I mean, like that off of, off that solo album. Like, I, I mean, she's won five Grammys already. There's two Alabama Shakes albums and a solo yeah. album. Five Grammys is pretty solid unmistakable yeah mm-hmm. for a not for a not taylor swift type artist i mean she is she is not your your typical um pop starlet you know demi right. lovato miley cyrus whatever she is herself you know um so yeah so uh so so she's my number five um look there's a lot a lot of other contemporary artists that i uh I have a lot of reverence for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had Florence Welch was the other person who was like in that position. I was going back and forth on from Florence yeah. and the Machine, mm-hmm. um, but I, I got to give the nod in this one to to Brittany Howard. I think. Yeah, I think I think we'll hear a lot from both of them in the future of how they've influenced people. Oh, but, for sure. Um, but Brittany, I think, uh, stands out just a little bit in my, in my book more. Also, just uh, I love. Like any time that an artist comes from just kind of absolute obscurity, mm-hmm. like out of such poverty. Undeniable. Like, right. And then just to and also we we kind of share a personal uh connection where her her childhood family home was 
struck by lightning and burned down as what happened to me. No. Yeah. So. Wow. Didn't know um, that about either of you. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, they were just, I mean, their childhood family home was, was in like a junkyard situation. Mm -hmm. Like they, they came from poverty. Oh yeah. yeah. And just because it's like, there are people that are genuinely talented, but then you find out like both of their parents are also famous and it's like, okay, like you had a leg up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm always more, and it doesn't take away from their talent necessarily, but it's like when you come from nothing, you come from complete obscurity. It's always just kind of, wow. Like it's, 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 it's seems more authentic to me. Yeah. Um, well, and there's so, also there's also just as a as the quick backstory too. There's that whole thing. I mean, so the the solo album was Jamie, mm-hmm. which was the name of her older sister who died, right? Um, of a condition that she also shared right. with Brittany. Brittany had the same thing, but and she lost, survived. Yeah, she lost eyesight in one eye, but survived it. Um, and Brittany has said in interviews that like Jamie was the talented one, wow. you know, she was like, she was talking like that's she, like Jamie taught her oh how to God. play piano and, and so and she's such. on and a like, mission. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh like she, God. she's almost like carrying her with her in this drive to create and express like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's, it, there's a lot of heavy stuff going on there and then you listen to the music and it bleeds through, man. Like you can't not with an artist like that. These aren't just sugar-coated pop songs that are getting out there and right. yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fantastic. So I hope this doesn't throw off the flow of the episode, but I feel mm-hmm. like I should take this moment to say that Brittany Howard is my number four. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, cool. Hey, maybe she's going to make it on the list then. That's yeah, great. Okay, cool. Heck yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah, I w- All right, Swolson, what's your five? Let's do let's do your five. And okay. Then, yeah, yeah. So that'll make the number four spot a little bit quicker. Um, so my number five is Chrissy Hind. Okay. Um, I, Good call. You probably could have guessed that sure. she would have been on my top five. I talk about the Pretenders or I have mm-hmm. talked about the Pretenders quite a bit. Um, I've got mm, at least their first three albums. Mm-hmm. And um, huge just... In, incredibly influential in uh, the time that they were popular um, uh, out of Akron, Ohio. Uh, just, just a great, uh, well, I, oh, okay. Chrissy was from Akron. The, the band wasn't formed. The pretenders weren't formed in Akron, um, mm. but just to keep things accurate, but like, you know, her coming up and starting, she she started a band in college with uh, Mark Mothersbaugh. I don't think I don't think a lot of people Devo? know this. Yeah, well, with Mark Mothersbaugh of Devo, yes. Yeah. So before Devo, before the Pretenders, she was in a she she started a band at, uh, when she was at Kent State. Wow. Uh, with Mark Mothersbaugh. Um. So. No idea. And then she she also being at Kent State, she was caught up in the Kent State massacre in 1970 Ooh, wow. and actually one and think one of her friends was one of the, one of the victims, uh, oh. in the massacre. So it's like, whoo. Um, but then she, you know, she moved to London in the early seventies and, and that's where the band started interestingly mm-hmm. enough, but she's actually from Ohio. Um, but just to, to have this kind of, I mean, you like, you had Blondie, but like, to me, like, 
I respect Blondie for what they did. I was never much of a Blondie fan. Like the pretenders okay. were my Blondie. Like <laughs> to have that kind of rock, but like dipping the toe into new wave and stuff like that. Um, I was, I was enamored by the pretenders. And so uh, I think with um, everything that, that they were able to accomplish in the, uh, in the late seventies, early eighties, I think that, you know, they, they made an impact that, that really lasted for, uh, at least a generation, if not more. Yeah. And, you know, they would go on to, you know, not necessarily blazing a trail, but they took kind of some trails that were there and said, Hey, like you can have a strong female front woman and go down this same path. And so I, I give them a lot of props and, uh, I just think Chrissy Hines is amazing. Sorry. It's like, like no, I that's think she's me. a badass. She's mm-hmm. got, total she's, badass. There's a swagger to her that is incredibly intimidating, um, which, which we is love. very punk. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and it's, I feel like Chrissy Hines is in my, not my stand in, but like I had to get one of these artists up there. And, you know, we talked, I talked about Sleater Kinney kind of having the, the double, front woman thing. I, I, I mean, she started the riot girl. I mean, like that, like there's no riot totally. girl movement without, without her and without the slits. Like there's obviously there's a bunch, like it's, it's hard to just. Totally. Anything, totally. But, yeah. but yeah. one of the bands that I initially had on there was the runaways mm-hmm. with Joan Jett, but it's like, That's okay. Tough. Yeah. But Joan Jett really, she wasn't the front woman and there were kind of, it was kind of like both of them, what it, it, it was, was Sherry Curry. There was Lita Ford. Like that's right. A, it almost was an ensemble. I had the exactly. same situation with her where like Joan Jett and the Black Hearts do have their own success. So you could make the argument for Joan Jett. But I do think I think Chrissy Hind is probably the yeah. cleaner and 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 probably broader impact. I mean, Joan Jett. Yeah, I would agree I with th- that. I think Joan Jett for pop music as as it is for the MTV generation maybe a little bit more but like Chrissy Hind they had hits for sure and Definitely. um and and had a, a broader like impact on musicians who were creating at the time like the movements um mm-hmm. yeah and like, they're still going like <laughs> she's yeah. still playing <laughs> yeah she's well, still so, active yeah so I mean I my blondie is blondie. So, there you go. so so my number four is Debbie Harry, which is unsurprisingly there you for go. CBGB's kid. Um for sure. I, it's funny it's funny that there's there's similar like if you if you put the two next to each other, they don't seem like they necessarily would be friends. Um I think they I get I get maybe maybe I'm wrong. Um <laughs> it's just it's interesting like you think of you think of of her and, and Debbie and Susie Sue and some of the other like yeah sort of punk rock pioneers in that space of of women uh, at the front. I mean, folk music had its female singer songwriters for for forever, right? Like that was one space that um, that women were able to kind of get a, a a foothold and have people listen and pay attention and respect. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but in the rock space, I feel like punk really, it was part of the defining uh, characteristics of what punk was is there was a reason why we're talking about trying to figure out which 
punk front woman is exactly the more impactful punk front woman because there's so many great ones, you yeah. know, like uh, because that genre, because that culture allowed for it, it, it embraced it, celebrated it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the reason why I would go Debbie Harry is there's this, there, there is this sugar, uh, coated pill almost to pop culture where they had hits that got played extensively. Like mm-hmm. you think of Heart of Glass, One Way or Another, Call Me. Like those are timeless songs that uh, took what that kind of new wavy punk um, infused music was and mm-hmm. and put it out there and. Obviously, the the Blondie moniker was uh, was to like embrace or take the piss out of um, uh, chauvinism. Like that's what the, yeah. that's what the construction workers in New York were shouting at her, and so she's like, "Fine, you want to see Blondie? Here I'm you go. Kick your ass. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, so I I I, I see so much. Um, in her, I mean, we joked when we talked about kind of teeing this up last time that we're going to talk about Shirley Manson. You're going to talk about Gwen Stefani. Um, I think a lot of the women that we're talking about right now, like they're the reason why these people exist, or oh, were, totally, were, or I should I should say at least were uh, felt Major that they influence. could they could do. It, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I want to give them all the benefit of the doubt that regardless of what it is, they're artists and they would have found a way to express their art. But um, it definitely kind of put a signal beacon out there like you definitely. can do this. It's it's something similar has been done before. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would go so far as to say, like, there's no Madonna wouldn't have been Madonna without. Debbie Harry and no. without Madonna pop music there'd be no Lady Gaga like it's 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 hard to look at the dominoes that way but yep uh she there's there's a grit to a lot of those um those punk leaning leading ladies um and and she Debbie Harry dressed it up with a smack in the face you oh, know for it, sure. was, it was like it was this different kind of swagger um yeah, she's 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 super cool. So she she's my number four. Um, we know your number four is Brittany Howard. Yes. Um, so why don't we do your three? So my number three, coming off of you know you mentioning Shirley Manson, is Shirley Manson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Best known for garbage. Yeah. Um, I think we've talked about her quite a bit uh, her. on this podcast for yeah. for good reason. Um. I probably don't need to say a whole lot uh, about why she's on this list. Just Mm -hmm. the um, similar to other artists that we've talked about blazed trails in style and attitude and her just willingness to be herself and, you know, not compromise um, her, her art and her, persona for for anything or anybody else mm-hmm. um you know has a very long and successful career um yeah. content they continue to put music out to this day um and you know i think also she has a 
range. And when I say range, I don't mean like, you know, vocally necessarily, uh, in terms of high, low, you know, pitch or anything. What I'm, what I'm talking about specifically is, you know, she can, she can come with a straight up punk rock attitude or she can be like soft and sultry or she can be like seductive or she can be like, you know, just kind of straight up rock and roll. Like I'm going to, I'm going to shout these lyrics out you and at you and you're going to hear them, uh, come hell or high water. Um, she, she can do a whole lot. Um, and you know, she might not be one on this list that has necessarily the, the most technical skill in terms of her, her voice, but what she does with, with the voice that she has is incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that, um, this, this one was kind of the tougher, one of the tougher decisions for me. Like, do I put Shirley number three, number four? Um, it was, it was, it was kind of tough to position her. So it's also um, the personal thing you were saying too, right? Yeah. Just I wanted to make sure they're like, okay, there. like she's one of my personal favorites. So I don't want right. to like, I don't want to arbitrarily bump her up just be just for personal reasons. So, right. uh, but, but she, she still made it she, to number three for sure. For and, me. And she, yeah. And she's also someone who bent uh, along with the rest of the band, you know, I'm not taking anything away from, from Butch and them, but they, but she bent pop music to fit garbage, you know, yeah. like, like those songs shouldn't necessarily have been hits, but there was another situation just like the Alabama shakes of like, it's undeniable what's happening here. Yeah. This is, this is now what pop is and whether it's because you have an attractive female fronted artist or because you just can't get the song out of your head or the messaging is there, whatever it is, like you, it was undeniable. And, and everybody kind of like recognized that. And there's something to be said about an artist who can just stand up and say, this is it. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, like, can you imagine anybody else fronting garbage? Like, it just no. doesn't it doesn't work. <laughs> no, 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 not at it all. It doesn't work at all. Yeah. So that's my um, number three. So, so my number three, I'm going to stick with the um, CBGB's uh, yes range, and I'm also going to go to Patty Smith. So, oh. so Patty Smith is is a tough one because she. Her music isn't uh, my natural go-to. I, ha- I have Patti Smith songs that I love, mm-hmm. um, but I've admittedly just not uh, spent a ton of time. Um, I Again, full transparency, like I've had just kids on my bookshelf for a few years now, always mm. wanted to read it and just had, never have, and pulled it down before. It was on my nightstand, and just it hasn't happened. Um, right. <laughs> But, but, um, she almost beyond anybody else that we're talking about, in my opinion, like, you know, Debbie did what she did in her lane and and Susie did what she did in in her, her lane and, and Chrissy, um, Patty Smith, there was that, um, it, it was just going to happen, you know, like she, she has said that she always felt that there was something that was blossoming in her and she just needed to figure out how to make it bloom. And, 
Um, she just wound up gravitating towards New York. She mm-hmm. started, she was a poet. Uh, we talked in the CBGB's episode about the place called Max's Kansas City, which was the right. sort of initial and alternate space. And she was going there and, uh, you know, she's reciting poetry. She was writing plays. Like this stuff was just coming out of her. Yeah, she's um, a lot more than just a songwriter. <laughs> yeah, and she becomes sort of like the musical component or, or at, attribute or voice of um the the beat generation of poets your your Ginsburgs and Burroughs uh she's hanging out with with them like completely interwoven and look Debbie Harry was was like Andy Warhol's muse at one point so it's like this is all happening right. across the board um but there's a there's a two-month residency at CBGB's with television and the Patti Smith band. Um, and from there, like, her, that initial album is a spark that goes beyond influencing Courtney Love and Shirley Manson and, and whomever else. Um, I mean, there's there's no... U2 or Mm. REM, like Michael Stipe has said that the reason why he was inspired to sing and felt like he could be the front person of a band is because of Patti Smith, you know, like um, hugely influential, the the Smiths like Morrissey and and Johnny Marr have talked about like, that's the reason why um, uh, Florence from Florence and the Machine, who I said, you know, Mm -hmm. I was I was battling with um, has called her her North Star. She wrote a song about her, you know, like. There's something, there's something that will never be repeated with who Patti Smith is. And yeah. there's also something in that story, and I, I can't do it justice, but the broadest stroke is that she, you know, came to New York and did what I said she did, and she was creative and expressive, and then, and then she got married in the very beginning of the eighties and, uh, and basically retired. Like she just went off. Yeah. And, <laughs> she was like, well, I did what needed to be done. <laughs> yeah. She like, she's like, she got it out and there was, there was still more to be done, but she decided she wanted that lifestyle. And so she like kind of turned that off. Um, and then he passed and his kid, her kids got older and she was pulled back into this by, Bob Dylan and like, like yeah. all of these people who had been influenced by her in the 70s mm-hmm. then in the 90s come around are like Patty you got to comp- like get back out there yeah. and she went on to release new albums she p- performs regularly even to mm-hmm. this day um and and has this resurgence but it is that story that I think in many ways is uniquely a female story that we talk about it in the workplace about women having to put their careers on hold to raise a family and whether that's a, that's a, like how you weigh that choice. Um, I I think that that is, uh, at least unfortunately, socially in many ways, a, a very female situation. Um, and, and she has, has maneuvered that and it seems like she's gotten, the most out of her life and has gone on to really be this massive catalyst for some of the most important artists of our time. So if you only know the, 
song that she did with Bruce Springsteen, like that's fine. Um, you should go listen to Horses. There's some beautiful songs on there. I need to educate myself just like maybe you need to. Um, yeah. But as we're talking about who has had the greatest impact in that position that we're framing it as, um, it, she can't not be in, in the conversation, I think. Hundred percent, and I'm I'm really really glad that we're talking about her. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny because I would have, I I would have kind of disqualified her because I don't necessarily think of her as a front woman, but it's mm-hmm. but it's more like she's the front woman of an entire movement. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I get that is that is true. Like, it was the Patty Smith band, but it it's true. Like, it is. Yeah, a Patty Smith group rather, but it. Um, yeah, you're right. Maybe she is just a solo artist and doesn't. Well, we can get into we can get into all the framing it up. Yeah, I am yeah. all for it. Like I'm, I'm you, yeah. Like you're not. I'm not going to disqualify her. Yeah. Now there's no way. Like that was. Got to think about it. Yeah. That was fantastic. No, I think yeah. she definitely deserves to be there uh, for a couple of different reasons at the very yeah. least, but. You know, there's there's no understating her influence. That that yeah. is that's for damn sure. Um, and you know what's also interesting that kind of it popped into my mind as you were talking about Patty Smith is that we're talking mm. about these these top five front women, um, and even the ones that you know got their start in the '60s and '70s. All these people are still alive. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah, like they if made we were doing the top the five. The dudes all died, yeah. Yeah, half the list, they would all be dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I, uh, spoiler alert, one of mine's not. Ooh, so, okay. Yeah, so that's not going to hold. It's not going to hold. Sorry. Okay. No, that's fine. It, it was inevitable. Um, but yeah, thank you for, that was awesome. Yeah. Thank you for bringing, bringing Patty up for sure. Um, okay. So we kind of switched sides because of the Brittany Howard thing, and I knew that was going to happen. So, mm. so we're at. Why don't you go to two? You my two. number two, yep. right? So, um, my number two um, front woman of rock is mm-hmm. Ann Wilson. Yeah. Um, okay. Best known for Heart, mm-hmm. of course. Um, arguably one of the, if not the most powerful. I'll say the most powerful voice in rock music. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the first female front woman of what would be considered a hard rock band. Right. Um, obviously along with Nancy Wilson, her sister. Um, but man, I, I think that these days heart is, is not, as well known for what they accomplished as they probably mm-hmm. should be. Um, obviously, you know, folks our age and older are more aware of, of their, their history and their catalog and what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, um, heart is amazing. And they came, you know, obviously they, as a lot of these groups did as they moved from the hard rock, uh, roots of the seventies. Um, some of them had some awkward phases in the eighties. So, and heart is certainly no exception. Um, but through the whole time in through, you know, the, the substance abuse and the, the difficulty and like 
you know, uh, Ann Wilson's voice is just unmistakable. It's timeless. Um, I'm, I'm reminded of her performance, um, at, I want to say it was the, the Kennedy center. It was a tribute to Led Zeppelin and, um, she performed, um, along with like a full blown orchestra and choir, uh, stairway to heaven, uh, with the three surviving members of Led Zeppelin in the audience. And like, and like you can see tears in Robert Plant's eyes. Like, (laughs) it's like, it's an amazing performance. Um, and you know, for her to do that, I mean, this was just in the past, like 10 years or so, um, just to, to still have that kind of power and range in her voice is just incredible. And she, I mean, still active to this day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she kind of, in, in, I think in a lot of people's eyes and I think historically you could say that she really blew the doors off of the possibilities for women in, in like heavier music, um, you know, coming from the, the hard rock, uh, roots of the seventies, you know, I, I don't think you then go on to have the, the metal and heavier, uh, rock bands with female lead singers, um, without Ann Wilson. So yeah, that's my number two. No, I think that's a good call. I also think, again, we're talking about the Runaways, you know, Joan Jett and Lita mm-hmm. Ford, who did help kind of in that sort of punk, and then and Lita was in the sort of glam metal space. Right. Um, open up some of those doors. Um, in, you know, obviously Runaways late 70s, which is when the heart hits are, right? If we're talking of the yeah. initial hits, those Magic Man, Barracuda, uh, crazy on mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think the argument could and should be made that, um, that Ann Wilson might've done even more than the individual members of the runaways to kind of open up those doors in the quote unquote hard rock space, um, for women, you know, mm-hmm. like, I think, I think that, uh, they broke down those doors. I, I, they were on my list of I wasn't sure if Nancy was predominant. What's too predominant uh, to consider Anne as the front woman? Because, but they do things individually, right? Like Anne mm-hmm. does stuff solo. So I think, I think it, I think it totally makes sense. Um, I'm not familiar enough with their dynamic to know. Obviously, like I hear both of their voices on stuff, but Anne is the sort of face of the band, right? Like, yeah, I would. Ways, I yeah. would consider, and this is in no way, you know, meant to downplay anything that Nancy does. But you know, oh, she's think, an incredible guitarist, incredible yeah. guitar player. Yeah, that's kind of her her main role in the band. Not that she can't sing; she also has an amazing voice. But mm. as in in the context of Heart she tends to be more of a guitar player slash um, like backup vocalist. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just kind of the fact that they're sisters, they have very similar voices. So they're able to, you know, like when they're harmonizing with each other, it's like insane. It sounds ridiculous just because of the, the similarities in their voice. And it's almost an anomaly because typically 
um, you don't, when you have people harmonizing with each other and, and this, this, I don't know, this might be a personal opinion more so than Mm -hmm. a hard fact, but it, it tends to be less often that you hear two people with very similar voices and it's sounding great when they harmonize together. Usually you want some tonal differences there. Otherwise it can kind of just sound overwhelming and you know, there's, there's just too much going on in the same sort of sonic space. Um, but like, they're just, they sound practically angelic together. And so, um, you know, can't, can't understate, or I should say can't overstate the influence of Hart and, and Wilson, particularly in, in the hard rock space. Um, the hair metal space, even just like kind of with the, the direction that they went in the eighties. Um, but yeah, her having her, um, in the, either the number two or three spot was a very easy decision for me. Cool. Um, so my number two is, uh, is an artist that I actually don't even listen to a ton, you know, wasn't in my, uh, wheelhouse initially Mm -hmm. i have come to appreciate her in my uh in both my later years uh just for my own listening purposes but also just uh the reason like as you trace back um the artists that you love to find the sort of map of where things originated from so you can understand things better um it, it number two for me is Janis Joplin. Um, wow! So she uh, came initially from as, as the front uh, front woman of this band, Big Brother and the Holding Company. Mm-hmm. Um, two albums there, two solo albums, and then heroin overdose and died. Yeah, um, twenty seven club, um, but performance at Woodstock. Um, I mean her her voice. And her demeanor, uh, I I think there's probably not a, a clean way to figure out, especially because we're talking about the late '60s at this point. Where I mean, we've we've been playing between the '70s and the '80s a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I mean, it's hard to see the butterfly effect from the late '60s, especially with an artist like this. But um, I mean, we talked about Stevie Nicks. I, uh, there's so much in in Stevie from what Janice kind of did on stage, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Pink has said that that's like her biggest um, influence. The, again, we're talking about just this kind of swagger, this demeanor, this ability to hang with the late '60s rock boys, which is such a unique thing for a woman to be able to do. But um, I don't know. Was talking about Brittany Howard before, mm-hmm. and there's so much in in listening to Janice's music um, that I hear in Brittany Howard now. You know, there's there's it's undeniable that blues tinted influence. Um, you know, like I said, most women at the time in the '60s were. Uh, we're in that folk songbook spaces, um, and she idolized Aretha and yep. Big Mama Thornton, and was uh, was a blues and soul 
musician at heart and um there's nobody that really sounds like her even though everybody sounds like her you know like you you know that voice you know that edge um and so yeah i i in whether she's on the final list or not um i think she's one of the most important women in music absolutely um, and i think that uh again there's a lot of this front woman goes on to then have a solo career uh i think almost everybody that we've talked about has done that basically right. um but uh but yeah she's i just i don't know everything about where she was headed at the time seemed like this was going to be um this was going to be someone that we'd be hearing about for for decades. Yeah, and for sure. It, I mean, it feels like Amy Winehouse, right? Like it just feels like everything was poised to be a certain way, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, what happened happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's incredible and definitely worth, uh, definitely on, on for my list worth the uh, worth the spot. Absolutely. No, I agree a hundred percent. She deserves to be there. Interestingly enough, again, like somebody that in, in my considerations early on didn't have her in the running because I, and maybe it's just me in my own head can, didn't consider her a front woman, mm-hmm. but that's just me. Like I, but you, again, you make well, the, the point. So and, like the, yeah, she became she put out the solo albums as Janis Joplin and became known as Janis Joplin. Right. But uh, so the argument could be made big brother in the holding company. Nobody really knows that band. There are songs from those albums. Like when you get a Janis Joplin's greatest hits or whatever, half of it are big brother songs. Mm -hmm. Um, But, um, but yeah, no, she's, she's best known for those, those two later albums. And then all the other things that, came out of it all the um she did like a bunch of recordings with like yorma kalkinen and there's like people were just able to unearth tapes of her doing solo stuff so yeah you're right like her her notability is as a solo artist Um, but she definitely started off as a front woman yeah fits the definition and deserves to be on the list for sure but like that's just me in my in my head when i'm thinking about these artists no I, i i totally agree but definitely a, a amazing pick definitely yeah. deserves to be in that spot for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, again, it's like, I'm kind of kicking myself too. It's like, Oh, I should have loosened up my definition a little bit. <laughs> no, I no, I think, I think, I think this is good. And I, again, I think that we have future conversations to have where we'll, we'll, we can, we can dial in in other directions and oh, definitely stuff too. Yeah. But that leads one. me to my number one. Yeah. Um, so this one might be a little bit of a curveball, maybe not, um, because there are you know so many uh, of these amazing artists that we've mentioned that are deserving of the top spot. But Hold I, on. I'm gonna write it down here. Okay, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna write down what yours who, is. Who no? Who I think yours? Is. Oh, who you think it is? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Now so you you go ahead and say <laughs> it, and I'm going to see if I wrote down the right thing. My number one 
is Karen O. Oh, I should have <laughs> I wrote Kim Deal. I was going to write really? Karen O. I was going to write Karen O, and I was like, nah, he's going to go Breeders. That's <laughs> amazing. Okay, cool. No, I that, should I mean, have written Karen That's o. not a bad guess if you know me. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, uh, now you got me thinking about Kim Deal. <laughs> so again, coming through this and having to kind of not add more criteria, but thinking, okay, I have to put these women in, in more of a context than like being a fantastic front person for a band. Mm -hmm. And Karen O to me breaks so many different barriers all at once that it's like, it's like, how do you even define who this person is? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, definitely not, again, someone who doesn't have what would probably traditionally be considered to have a technically, you know, quote unquote, good voice, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. She has an incredibly powerful voice. She just does things very differently. She does her own thing. There's there's nobody that you can point to where it's like, oh, she clearly is coming off of, like, this influence. Like, you know, she might get more influence from groups like John Spencer Blues Explosion than, you know, any other, like, female artist or or more well-known singers. Um, But she's so much more than, like, a punk singer. She is a, a visual artist. She's kind of a fashion icon. She mm-hmm. came here to, to this country after being born in Korea. So she's an immigrant. She is, she breaks boundaries in terms of like just culturally being, being an, uh, an Asian American front woman of a, of a rock band. Um, all of the work that she's done with, with uh soundtrack she's done set soundtrack work for multiple movies she did all of the music for where the wild things are with spike jones um just uh, an incredible artist that can do so many different things and still continues to reinvent herself and do new and different and exciting things yeah and um i i honestly i hesitated after I kind of already decided mm-hmm. that she was my number one pick. Yeah. But then like there was, there was no argument that the contrarian side of my brain could come up with that, like gave me any real reason to, to bring her further down the list. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't any other, you know, th- there was no other artists that I could think like, okay, this person should be higher on the list than Karen, wherever the placing is for such and such a reason or such and such a reason. It was like, you know, why am I even trying to, is it just because she's like relatively newer than, you know, the majority of the other artists that we've talked about? Mm. Um, you know, whatever the so. case is, it is it like the 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 hipster like punk <laughs> decision to go with someone like Karen O over a more tra- 
what would traditionally be considered a, a technically proficient singer. Uh, I don't know, but it, neither here nor there. She's my number one pick, and it, it was not a difficult number one pick for me. Yeah. Yeah. Karen's interesting too, because again, you could make the lines uh, from those New York. Um, yep. You know, Debbie, Debbie Harry, Patty Smith, uh, Chrissy Hind, like Easily. any of those, mm-hmm. Susie and the Banshees, but it's not, um, it's not, it, it, it's, it's again, it's wholly her own thing. For sure. Um, it's, it, it's, there's influence there, but it's, it's, there's no redundancy or anything to it. Um, yeah, yeah. she's, uh, I mean, it's crazy to think 20 years of music, so it's not even that recent. Um, right. I mean, the gaps <laughs> right. between albums have been crazy for Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's album. She's done a bunch of stuff. What was the Danger Mouse Prima? Mm-hmm. Um, Lux Prima. Lu- Lux Prima. Beautiful album. Um, yeah. And her range, too. That was the other thing I was going to mention is kind of similar to um, what I was talking about with Shirley Manson is that Mm. she's able to do like so many different things with her voice. Like it's, it's just amazing to be able to go from like straight up, you know, punk yelling and screaming animal noises, mm-hmm. wild, like just craziness. And then to make something so like sultry and beautiful, like the Lux Prima album, it's just kind of incredible that that, that kind of more than anything else really blows my mind is, is when someone can belt it out with the best of them, go, bonkers and just scream their guts out and then also be able to, you know, you could, you could make a nursery rhyme children's album with how soft and like sweet you can be with your voice. So I gotta, gotta give it up to her for that, for sure. Among other things. Um, yeah, she, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no argument. Yeah, there's no argument there at all. Like, there's no, yeah. All right, we're gonna have, we have a tough conversation to have ahead of us. That's okay. Um, yeah, no, it's good. Um, so my number one, um, yeah. So my number one is is another one where I think we're gonna have to have conversations about criteria. <laughs> criteria um, so my my number one's Tina Turner. Um, Yo. So it, so it's tough. I initially ruled her out because as a front woman, you would be saying that she's the front woman of a duo, which is Ike and Tina Turner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, except that when I looked at Stevie Nicks, and I looked at the Eurythmics and and um, and Annie Lennox, I. I'm seeing equal presence um, in in performance. Uh, I'm seeing vocals and split responsibilities there. Whereas if you go to the Ike and Tina period of her career, where she hit the hit the stage, mm-hmm. um, it's the Tina Turner show. It 
it, part of it is her undeniable talent, um, the right. fire that she brought to it, that that voice that was just uh, it, it's incredible. Um, Unmatched in the performance department for sure. Yeah. So Ike, I mean, there's a lot that can be said about a, a man working behind the scenes to capitalize on on a, on a woman, a younger woman um, that he's kind of talent scouted. Um, Ike was the mastermind in all of it. And he's, he's got his face on the albums. And when there's an interview, he steps into the, the frame and talks and he's got a guitar, his guitar and he's doing a lot of the stuff behind the scenes, but I kept mulling it over and uh, there were duets Mm-hmm. You know they they did perform together. It is billed as Ike and Tina Turner, but I ultimately viewed that as uh, a sign of the times that you know uh, maybe a, a a toxic situation that I mean a, a noted toxic situation that she was in with her then husband, um, who was in control of her, and you know I see her as the the face uh and the performer the talent um not nothing against what he was doing obviously but um i don't know she's you watch those videos of her doing proud mary and right. it's there's there's just nothing else and then to have that full um realization of her talent once she gets out of that, she has a few solo albums that don't do as much, and then um, she she releases um, uh, she releases Private Dancer in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, the songs written with Mark Knopfler, Jeff Beck on guitar, and she's got these people in her corner, but it's her show, and she delivers and has this renaissance and this celebration. And um, it it's indicative of everything that you saw a decade before that of who she was when she was operating under that scenario with mm-hmm. Ike. Um, but again, you're talking about like the undeniability of of talent and ability and presence that can shine through even persisting beyond a terrible situation that a woman can be in, in yeah. this industry. Um, first black artist uh, to be on the cover of Rolling Stone, first female artist oh, wow. to be on the cover of Rolling Stone, 100 million records worldwide, 12 Ooh. Grammys. Um, I mean, she's she's a tour de force. I, I think um, I just, her and... And Janice, um, and even Patty, you could make the argument. I, I just looked it up as we were going through. So, Horses was a Patty Smith solo song and uh, solo album, rather. I thought mm-hmm. that it was Patty Smith group through the 70s, and then she did the solo stuff under her own name in the 80s, but apparently, uh, or 80s and 90s, um, but apparently the 70s, it was kind of alternating. And so her best known and, and most highly regarded stuff is um, is as a solo artist. Um, I mean, Patti Smith's group, highly influential, but um, I feel like 
we can get down to brass tacks here. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I feel like I mean, we both put Britney on our list. Well, right? it has to be. Yeah. 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 With the so fact Br- that we both. Yeah. Named her. Make um, myself a clean note here. Yeah. That. That kind of almost Britney sticks. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, it's funny. Like in my mind, having both of us having her on our top fives almost kind of pushes her up a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, cause that, I don't, mm, I, I don't really remember that happening before, at least in no. terms of our high fives. Yeah. Um, so she's definitely got to be on there. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I think, I mean, I, I am in agreement, even though she's not on my list, I'm in agreement that Karen needs to be on the list. I think there's also, yeah, an undeniability about her. So for sure, I, I would, I think that's the only one on my givens. list that yeah. I would like really, really, really fight and be like, no, like we're not ending this episode unless Karen yeah. o is on the list. Yeah. No, I think um, Karen's definitely on the list. And I not think. out of any like personal, like, you know, competitiveness or anything, just like literally no. like she absolutely a hundred percent deserves to be yeah. there. No, I agree. Um, I feel like there's Debbie, there's Chrissy. Like, I I think I'm taking Patty out of it because she's primarily regarded as a solo artist. Janice, Janice is tough because, like, piece of my heart. Like, when you think of Janice Joplin, that's the song you think of, right? That's that's, that's right. one of the main songs you think of. And that's a big company song. Like, she was – that's not a Janice Joplin song. But do you know that? Like, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> nope. You know it as a Janice Joplin song. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that's tough, man. Like – It is tough. I, I almost feel like my top three – could all the argument could be made that they should be better fit for um, the most influential women in rock and roll history or something? Yeah, to that effect, I mean, right? there's, there's there's gray area and crossover though. Like, yeah. just because it's not something that I uh, would have, you know, or or should I say? just because it's something that I had disqualified an artist for in my mind. Sure. Like it's not, it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's because it's such a, you know, loose definition. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, they deserve, they deserve to be on there. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I'm not going to disqualify any of these artists for, for anything really not the ones that we have in our top five so so my my loose list right now in no order has tina turner karen o Brittany howard chrissy hind and debbie harry in it okay that that's that's what i'm working with right now is there anything that you feel like is like do you feel like shirley needs to get in there and something else needs to come off do you feel like like, is there something else that we're missing on there that you think, or do you think that that is a safe five? It's it's names? an absolutely safe starting point. Right. I worry about for just for kind of 
representation's sake as far as how different a lot of these women are, um, it, is it somewhat redundant to have both Chrissy and Debbie on there? Or are we overthinking at that point? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, I they both were birthed of a similar scene, but mm-hmm. ultimately I think that they're, they're different enough. I honestly would feel that more if we were at a place where it was like Debbie and Joan Jett, where it oh, was gotcha. like mm-hmm. that, that straight ahead punk scene, like Chrissy I I don't think that I think that she and Debbie Harry represent two different sides of a of a similar coin. Yeah, that's I, true. I, I don't I don't feel the redundancy on that. Okay. Um. So then, in terms, so but if Debbie is staying, but Patty and Janice I think were Patty higher, and Janice go. Yeah, they were they were higher on your list. Yeah, but I think again, like I I think again, and this isn't uh, this isn't saying that uh, that it's. Uh, it's a you thing. It's, it's more a definition more, thing. Yeah, I'm thinking as I think it through as we're okay. talking through this form. I'm like, they don't as I mean, even Tina doesn't fully cleanly fit the bill. But I think that in the manner that Ike and Tina manifested, she's undeniable as the front woman. Whereas mm-hmm. Janice, like you said, Janice, you don't even necessarily know Big Brother. And um, and Patty is known for being Patty Smith. Right. I mean, like Lenny Kay is her longtime collaborator. He's the guy in the Patty Smith group. But like, you don't know that. Like people, not you, Adam. I just Most mean like people, in general, like yeah. people don't know that, you know. Um, well, I think Tina stays for sure. Yeah, I feel like Tina, I feel like Tina's undeniable ultimately just because of how, what they're, what their relationship was like he almost made her as the front like the the whole relationship was to have her as the front woman he used Mm -hmm. her to manifest his plans and and his his vision for music he found her and married her and made her this thing Mm -hmm. um so so yeah so then ordering um i mean i i would more make the argument to keep and Wilson then then have oh, yeah, both Anne. Chrissy yeah. and Debbie on there at the yeah. same time. So okay. if like if 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 Debbie stays as like a number five spot to hold it down, like right. I'm I'm not going to make an argument for keeping Chrissy on the list. Okay. Um so okay, so Anne Wilson, that's a good call out. Um Brit, you talked about Brittany obviously staying for sure. I feel and like Brittany's in the five spot though. Like I had her five, you had her four, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I feel like maybe it goes Brittany number five, goes, Debbie number four. Yeah, and three, Karen two, Tina one. I mean, it almost feels too clean that our ones are That's either okay. one or two, or, that or makes vice sense, versa. Though. Yeah. Um so I'm I am definitely not going to argue against Tina being number 1. Like that is such a strong that came out of left field for me too, but that is such a strong pick. Yeah. And I also think I think Karen would be cool with it too. <laughs> it is it yeah. is the contrarian <laughs> pick yeah. sort of. Yeah. Uh, um I think Anne at number 3 works. 
yeah. really well. So I think, honestly, like, I know it seems too easy, but I'm not going to fight the flow of how this is going. Okay. Because it's just, you know, it's a collaborative effort, not a contest. So, yeah. like, okay, so then we're really just coming down to, is it Tina Turner, number one, or Karen O? Right. So... Yeah, so Tina Turner, Karen O, Ann Wilson, Debbie Harry, Brittany Howard is how I have it. I honestly, like, I cannot think of a compelling argument. Like, literally the only thing that I would have if I was, like, in a debate trying to put Karen O over the top is that there is the argument that is Tina Turner really a front, but she's such a front right. woman though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, she is known also heavily for her solo Tina Turner stuff. Um, whereas Karen is known for a plethora of things, primarily of the AAS, And then almost just as this, um, I don't know. Like, what would you call her? She's, like, not an influencer. It's before even influencers existed, really. But right. it was just, like, I don't know. Like, people idolize Karen O. You know? Like, people got their hair cut the way that she did. Although, I'm sure people got their hair cut the way Tina Turner did. Yeah. But I mean, like, all of these things that we're saying about Karen, you could say about yeah. Tina. So Yeah, people got leather jackets because of Karen O. Um, I mean, but 100 no, million like, albums, dude. Yeah, no, it's That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I, I again, I think the argument I'd make for Tina beyond those things is, um, and, and not to say, like, Karen, I know, has had the same thing. I mean, she's a mom, you know, like, yep. she's, so these women have, have gone through uniquely female things to have this happen. So, but I, Tina, the story is so, unfortunately, it, like fully typified of what women went through in the music industry and then yeah. the redemption and validation and realization of who she was is so beautifully. Yeah. Uh, like it's, yeah, it, it like it, I feel like it, it feels like a strong number one to me because it, it can sort of show that overcoming, right. It's just like, it, it is the full example, both of what, uh, a front woman is as a performer and also what they went through to be that and to hold that title and that place and to be undeniable. So yeah, no, I, I if you're cool with number one with Tina, I, I think that it makes sense for me, obviously. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's gotta All be right. it. All right. So we're going to go Tina no Turner number here. one, Tina Turner Karen number, one. number two, Ann Wilson, number three. Yep. Debbie Harry, number four. Brittany Howard, number five. I like this list. Yeah. I can't think yeah. of any reason to move any of these around. Strong oh. arguments all around. All right. High five. Uh, we're going to have to, at some point, because like, I'm all for like coming to agreements with this stuff quickly and, well, quickly, we're kind of at the two-hour mark or so, but yeah. we had some other stuff we talked about. Quickly, yeah. But like, you know, maybe in the future we need to come up with something a little bit more, 
I don't want to say competitive, but like contentious. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe you come at it from a, some drama or maybe this? each of us come at it from a different angle. And then we have to combine like if they're not the same top five of something or other, like you have the top five oh. of this thing and I have the top five of that thing. And then okay. we have to combine them somehow. Okay. I I'm like just, that. I'm I'll, just spitballing for the future. I'll, I'll chew on that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in some ways we did come at this differently because ultimately like, kind of did. It was a blend of how much personal influence versus historical influence and also our definition of what a front woman was. Yeah. And in talking through it, like... It was still way yeah. too easy to... <laughs> to yeah. Like, there was no... Arg- I mean, yeah, well, we're it's buddies, hard to so argue. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you could... I mean, ahead. if there were... It depends on really what it is. But with yeah. with these, like, this is such a strong top five that yeah. there was no, like... You know, all right, that person doesn't belong on the list. You know what I mean? Right. It was just right, right, so right, right, strong. Right. Um, and uh, it's still it's amazing to me that, you know, I think other than Janice, all these artists are alive still. Like, they're, yeah. they're all alive. Yeah. There's no way we could get even close to that with the list of, like, the top five front men. Probably more than half of them would be dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that's our top five. Top five front women in rock music. Um, did you have any like runners up or like honorable mentions that deserve to be talked about real quick? Or Yeah, I mean, I, look, we didn't even talk about Gwen Stefani other than as an influence, right? Like Gwen Stefani is very important in that realm. Again, somebody who went on to then have her own celebrated solo career. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my own thoughts on the authenticity of what's going on there as opposed to a lot of these other artists. Yeah, understandable. So I have that. Um, I think Haley Williams, uh, there's yeah. a compelling case there. I, um, I'm a big Paramore fan. I, I'm interested to see what happens now. Like she did the solo thing. She's see? back. Yeah, there's, I'm there's not a lot even going a on there. fan of Paramore. Like, I don't mm-hmm. listen to them or anything. And she yeah. almost made my list just because of the influence. Yeah, and, you know what I mean. Yeah. So that's that. I think that's big. I think five years from now, if things are going the way that they're going, it's it's a bigger conversation to have. Um, yeah, no, they're huge. She's already dead. Um, I love Against Me. I'm a big Laura Jane Grace fan. There you go. So she, you know, she rattled in my head. And and we didn't really talk about Pat Benatar. Um, but, uh, you know, again, like... See, that's, a, that's one that I did think of. Artist. But yeah. yeah, see, that's why in my, at least in my list building, she was disqualified. So yeah, same, same. <laughs> like that's where I went to. I mean, it's, it's her with, but it's her name, but it's Neil Giraldo, but then is it a duo? So yeah, yeah for, I went the same way where it's just like, yeah, but it was still important artist, you know? Yeah. Um, no, yeah. What good about call. you? No, not really. Honestly, like my only kind of, oh, I really kind of want to put her as a, a Kim deal, <laughs> holding up the Kim deal. Yeah, honestly, and I don't know what it was, but a Kim deal didn't come up in my mind when, th- and probably should have, like I'm a big breeders fan. Yeah. Um, coming out of talking about the pixies and stuff like that quite a bit on, on this show. So, uh, I'm not sure why, like she, like she definitely would have made a top 10. I'll say that. 
But I promise I was going to, when I said I'm going to write it down, I was going to write Karen O. No I started way. to write it. I was started to write it, and I'm like, no, it's going to be Kim Deal, you idiot. Yeah. 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 I was, no. For me, yeah, the Karen O so thing much was cooler. really easy. That would have been yeah. amazing. Uh, always go with your gut. That first yeah, instinct. Yeah, Yep. Uh, anyway, this was awesome. Um, we'll, we'll probably hit some, some fun Christmas stuff coming up Mm -hmm. soon here. And we got the end of the year coming up very, very quickly. Um, so look up for that again. Don't forget, we have a companion, an episode companion playlist. Any of the, um, the artists that we talked about here, they will usually end up on the playlist. Um, we try to make it fit with the theme and the the discussion uh within the podcast you know if if you're the type of person that is always looking to discover new music or rediscover artists that you used to listen to it's just a great way to do that um it's just fun so it's it kind of adds another dimension uh to the show uh but again liam thank you so much for for having another awesome uh episode another great discussion um, but yeah, at some point we need to figure out a way to really get at each other's throats. I don't know how we're going to make it happen. Figure out how to fight. Yeah. You know? Let's, I bet you if we got Dan in here, he would find a way to make us fight. I feel like if we had a third person <laughs> like yeah, that in here. We need a third party yeah, to do that, yeah, to yeah, bring yeah. it out of us. Yeah. Um, so we'll figure that but out. <laughs> check us out. Uh, we're on Twitter at retrogroove underscore pod. Yes, sir. Um, show us any cool vinyl that you're into. We post yeah. that fun stuff there. Um, and we are part of the Retrologic family of podcasts. And uh, we have a really great Discord group of uh, nerds who like movies and video games and music. And you can come hang out there and chat with us and hang out we're cool people heck yeah we love it thank you for listening adios later later